Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. I'm going to break this down to you here. The reason why I'm giving it, teaching this for the next several weeks. But one thing is, is that our society is fascinated with supernatural beings, isn't it? You can look at Hollywood's uh, bestsellers and Hollywood's blockbusters, and it's just filled with uh, the Avengers. Uh, Black Panther, uh, you have Superman, you have Wonder Woman, you have these, uh, these beings that just have supernatural abilities. You have Star Wars uh, with something called the Force, uh, which is against um, evil. So we've, we've all, we, we seem to enjoy uh, good versus evil. And then you also have a lot of darker shows, TV shows, and movies that deal with witchcraft and things like that, such as Lucifer, the Harry Potter series, and basically anything with zombies, witches, or magic are very popular today. We find it fascinating. And in Acts chapter 17, Paul the Apostle is sitting in front of a secular audience, and instead of quoting from Scripture, he actually quotes from a contemporary secular poem, poet, and says that we are all his offsprings. And, and the reason why he did that was to connect with his audience, to let them know that the spirit realm isn't a religious realm. This isn't a religious thing. In fact, Ecclesiastes tells us that God had put, he has put in the hearts of man eternity. In other, in other words, there's a desire in all of us to want to know more than what we see. And we all have an understanding that there is more to this world than what meets the eye. We kind of know that. And so it shows up in our cartoons, which you, you would have seen in that really awesome video that we didn't get to kick off. And, and Felicia's really upset right now, so pray for her because she worked hours on that. We will show it later. And, and, the, and the music that we have in the secular world even talks about the spirit in the sky. And all of our, our culture just seems to be uh, so interested and fascinated with the supernatural realm. Again, Acts 17, Paul says it's because God had put that there in our hearts in the attempt that we would seek him. That we would seek him. So there's three reasons real quick that I want to give you why we're going to take time and do this on a Sunday, on a Sunday series. Number one, I want to do it to remind us that there is a spiritual conflict between good and evil and it's all around us. And that it does affect our lives and the world in which we live. Number two is to help us to have a correct view and understanding according to the Bible. Because many people have formed their beliefs on this subject um, based on legend or opinion or Hollywood. Let me just tell you, everything that I'm going to read to you over the next several weeks, we're going to look into the Bible, it was here before Hollywood was. Before Lucas was or Spielberg or any of these great film writers were ever, ever around what we're getting ready to see and dive into has been here from the beginning. So it's not the Bible is copying off Hollywood. I believe it's the other way around. And so you'll have a tendency when I start showing and sharing some of these stories from the Word of God, you'll have this tendency to think, ah, oh, that, is that really true? Because I've been, since I was a little kid, I've been introduced to this good and evil, this concept as a little angel on one side, a little angel on this side with a, with a fork, a red fork and a pitchfork or whatever. And, and so uh, you'll, you'll struggle with the, uh, believing and, and receiving it as being reality. Let me tell you, that's just a trick of the enemy. It's very real. Is very real. So I want us to have a correct view on what this is. And thirdly, it's to equip us to fight the good fight. It's to equip us to fight the good fight. Knowing about the powers of darkness and how they fell, how they operate in the world today, and their agenda will actually help us fight our good fight. Again, it's not a religious 
um, thing that Jesus came to start, this, this little one hour a week practice of a ceremony uh, that, that has never been the intention of God. God's always wanted to have a relationship with his creation. He's always wanted to be involved in every area of your life. He's always wanted to be involved in your finances, in your health, in your marriage, in raising your kids, and all of this because God designed, just like you want to be involved with your children as they grow up so you can show them the way. It's the same way with our Heavenly Father. But we've reduced God a lot of times, and especially in Western thinking, to this little bit of a ceremony and this little religious thing that we do and that God's really not involved that much in all the other days of the week. I want you to know that's a lie from the pit of hell. God, it could not be further from the truth. God wants to be every part of us or who we are in us and in Him. We are and we live and we have our being. One man wrote and he said, a lot of what Christians imagine to be true about the unseen world isn't. Angels don't have wings, for instance. Cherubim and seraphim don't count because they're never really called angels, but they're creaturely. They do have wings in scripture, which we'll take a look at, but they are wings of fire and they are associated with fire. But you can Google or if you want to Google and fact check that no angel is ever mentioned with wings. They can fly, but they don't. And while the Bible describes demonic possession in rightfully awful ways, intelligent evil has more sinister things to do than to make sock puppets out of people. And on top of that, angels and demons are minor players. Church never seems to really get to the big boys and their agendas. Well, we're going to get to it. We're going to talk about it. Because it's all in your Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And in order for us to arise and shine, we do got to realize that we are sitting in darkness spiritual darkness before we come to Christ the bible says that we are blinded and we are sitting in darkness second corinthians 4 4 it says the god of this age which is another tagline or title of satan this idea that satan is in hell burning is so foreign from scripture it's not that he is not in hell at all Some of you are saying, I know, I drove to church with him this morning. Come on, look straight this way. (laughs) i got to lighten it up just a little bit today because this can get to heavy, some heavy stuff. Amen. Some of you are so offended right now. Amen. Get over it. (laughs) Look what it says. The God of this age, and you need to remember that title because we will visit, you'll see this title that Paul gives him in all of his writings, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Look at that. The God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. They don't get the things of God. They're not interested in the things of the Spirit. It's boring. They're not, it's not you know, appealing to them whatsoever. Before I became a Christian, I wouldn't be here doing this. This is not what I did. You get up on Sunday and you drive where? That's your only day off. You do what with your money? You do what? You pray before you eat? Are you kidding me? You ever seen me eat? You know, you get out of my way. I mean, the, the whole concept of the spiritual disciplines of a Christ follower were so formed to me, uh, really it was because I was blinded in my mind and in my heart. All I could see was me. The scripture says that that happens to everyone before we come to Christ. Simply just blind. That's why we tell our loved ones and we try to preach to our loved ones, say, Pastor Eddie, how come my loved ones ain't getting saved? Because they're blinded. What took you so long? You were blinded. You can be raised in church and be blinded. Everything can be right here, but not right here. I grew up in church. I was eight inches away from the kingdom of God. Blinded. Knew the songs, knew when to say amen, knew when it got quiet and sister would speak louder and knew what would happen here. I knew what dad was going to pray. I I had the routine down in church. Spiritually dead. Want to shake us a little bit. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What's the good news? Well, how do you get out of that, Pastor Eddie? How do, how do, we, how do we come to the light? In the same chapter or, or uh, previous chapter, Paul says this in chapter 3, verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns his heart to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Isn't that good? When one's 
heart. And I put that so you can see he's talking about the heart. N- not, not, not your body necessarily, not, not, not even your money, not your time. Because you can give all of that to good works and still not have, and still keep your heart. You don't really want to hear this today. I don't know if you all came out to hear this. You might... Let me go over to Psalms and read some. No, no. When one turns to God with their heart, Paul said that's the only way. That is the only way that that veil comes off of their eyes. That's why you begin to all of a sudden sing a little bit louder and a little bit more engaged in your worship. That, that, that's why you, you, you get into the Word and instead of just reading a book, you're reading the Word of God, and God is speaking to you out of it. And, and, and you can read the same verse all week long, and it says something new to you every time. Why? Because you're spiritually awakened now. The, the veil is taken off, and, and now you see things that you've never seen before. You watch movies and cartoons, and, and instead of letting your kid just sit here and watch all of this stuff, you're now more concerned. You're like, whoa, 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 what did they just say? Whoa, 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 whoa. What, the, what was that little scene that they, that they snuck in? And, and what's, what's happening? Your eyes are opened now, and you realize that this isn't all just a, just a, just a worldly, secular world we live in, but it is, this principalities in a spiritual world and realm is very real you're sensitive to it now other times it never was I remember there was a movie that we watched and I used to always be an Eddie Murphy fan and uh Eddie Murphy was just man man, and uh well uh, I loved his (laughs) I loved him and I, one time he's in this one movie, and I told my mom and dad about him. And we just started going to church, and you know, and I was like, "Mom, you guys got to watch this movie." And uh, my mom was like, "Okay, it's Eddie Murphy." She said, "Who's Eddie Murphy?" I said, "You'll love him, man. He's hilarious." We sat down and watched that movie together, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" My mom said, "Take that." Every other word was this, and every every was that, and some of his jokes. I didn't realize that it was that bad and that vulgar. And and and, and then my mom and dad was like, "Man, you need to get saved." <laughs> But it's a perfect example that and, and before I came to Christ, I mean, a lot of the stuff you just get used to. Everybody talks that way. Everybody acts that way. Everybody uses God's name like that. I mean, everybody else is doing it. I mean, let's just go a little deeper even in your sexuality. Everybody seems to do this. Whatever you feel, however you are led, your emotions now runs the show. You are who you feel you are. And welcome to America in 2020. But when you get into the Word of God and your heart turns to God and you say, Here, God, have all of my heart, then your eyes come open. You're like, Whoa, this is offensive to my God. This is offensive to God, and therefore it's offensive to me. And you know what? Maybe I should not be laughing at that. It is kind of funny, but you know, really not. And then you start, what happened? You start growing in your faith and you start setting some boundaries in your life. You start setting some standards in your life. You raise your kids a little bit different, you know, and all these other things, which we will, we will get into in weeks to come. This is just the introduction. Amen. So today I did want to start with this, and we got to start with this, and that is, first, there is only one God. We got to start with that right there before you talk about any other angels and demons and spirits and heaven and hell. We got to set the tone. We got to make sure we've got this right, that the foundation of the Word of God is very clear from Genesis to Revelation that our God is one, there is one, and he has chosen to reveal himself in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and yet our understanding of that is is we struggle with it very much, but I want to give you some facts about this God that we serve. We don't have to fear the darkness because our God is greater than the darkness, That's what I loved about Jesus. Jesus was never afraid of a situation, no matter how bad the situation was. If Lazarus was dead for four days, he treated it the same way as he did when he healed the leper or opened blinded eyes. He wasn't, he didn't, he didn't have to pray longer and have to go and say, well, I'm not ready because this is bigger. He was always ready. Why? Because light always penetrates darkness, period. Come on, you can give him some praise for that. Darkness is darkness. Darkness is simply the absence of light. 
So when light shows up, darkness has to bow, no matter how dark it is. When that light comes on and our eyes are in the eyes of humanity, and it's something that we are always drawn to the light. You can light a light no matter how far away, and you can see in the darkness someone lights that, you'll oh, boom, you just go right to it. That's again in your in your nature to be attracted to light, to be drawn to light. And John 1 tells us that in the beginning uh, was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh, and 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 he was he dwells in men, and he is the light of men, and, and he and he connects light with life, and because light is life. And, all of those things. But we got to start with there is one God and the things about God that you got to get down in your belief system is that he is, number one, he is eternal. He is eternal. He is without beginning. He is without end. He is God. He, he has created time. He is outside of time. He is God. He's in a class all by himself. God is in the past. If you look back, he is in the past. God is in the present. And if you look ahead, God is in the future. He introduces himself in Scripture as I am the I am. Moses said, who do I tell Pharaoh that you are? You are the God of this. You are. People worshiped everything back in the ancient world. God said, simply go and tell them that I am the I am. I am a God, and, then, and when you need me in the most, I am God right in the middle of whatever situation you have. I am the I am. I am always there. I am God. He's eternal. He always was, he always is, and he always will be. To kind of help us with this because we struggle is Job had some questions in his life. Job was going through some tough seasons. He was going through a lot of things. You might know Job. Sooner or later, you're going to read Job. Well, in 2017, I had to have an operation, and I was sick, and I remember being back there, and they were getting me all wired up, and the anesthesiologist guy came down, and they were calling me pastor. He said, I, I heard you were a pastor, and you're a man of God, and he's hooking me up, and I said, yeah. He says, what advice would you give me? And I'm sitting there going, seriously? You want me to minister to you right now? <laughs> People, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> and he's putting it on me. He's, you know, they're drawing blood, and I'm sitting there like that. And I said, well, I always tell people to find yourself in the Bible. And he goes, you must find yourself as being Job right now. <laughs> That's a true story. Don't ever go to Beaumont. Man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. That was a, absolutely, uh, we got a Beaumont employee right here. She's already looking at me. No, it was an awesome hospital. <laughs> Seriously, they were. The, the, it was on a Sunday, and I had to have the surgery. And so the surgeon came in himself with his whole team, and he said, Pastor, I know you normally don't work on Sundays. There's the Sabbath. Again, I didn't, I just said, okay. And so he goes, but I can't find a better thing to do on a Sunday than to work on a man of God. And then they prayed before I went into surgery. Amen. Beaumont is a good hospital. Amen. <laughs> but Job was going through some things in his life, and he, so he, he began to ask God, why am I going through this, God? If you're all this, and you're eternal, and you're, as I'm going to show you, he's all powerful and all of this, then, then why am I going through what I'm going through? And, and why did this have to happen to me? And I love God's response. And this is for all of us as we go further into this series. You've got to really have this understanding right here. And God simply said, he never answers Job, by the way. God never answers Job um, with a question. He does answer Job with his presence. He gives Job a better understanding of who he is. And when you and I go through seasons of what, bad seasons of whatever they are, we look for answers. Why, why, why? And God often doesn't give us the why. He'll give us the what. He'll give us, you'll be able to see God more clearer. You'll have a deeper, this is what I have found, you'll have a deeper understanding of who God is that you can only gain when you go through the fire. The, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three Hebrew children, never knew that God can get into the furnace with you. But if I can preach for just about three minutes, I'll tell you, no matter how hot the furnace can be, you may not know that God's able to get in there with you, but I'm telling you, he is. There's a fourth man.
out for a minute, just say LOL, amen. But you will discover that God doesn't always deliver us from the fire. He gets into the fire with us. Well, look what, look what he says to God. He says, or to Job, Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you understand. These are three of my favorite chapters, by the way, at the end of Job. It just displays his, his magnificence. Talking about who gives the eagle its food. Where are you? Can you see when the deer lays down and gives birth to a fawn? I mean, it's just, it's just uh, his majesty, how he runs the earth is displayed there. And then he's, tell me if you have the understanding. He says, when the morning stars, they sang together in all the sons of God. Morning stars, sons of God. There are two different names for these um, supernatural beings that God created. What are they? Come back next week. When they all shouted for joy. That was a nice way of saying, Job, if you don't understand the natural world, how can you ever understand the supernatural world? Breaking into 2020, if you struggle to operate your iPhone, if you can't get your smart TV to work, how can we ever think we can fit God into a little box in our our mind? I just set some of you free. Scripture in Hebrew says this. It says this. I love what he says. He says, by faith we understand that the world was framed from the beginning. By faith we understand. By faith, you understand. You need to hold on to that. That's gotten me through a lot of storms. Because I said, God, this don't make any sense to me. But by faith, I'm going to understand that if you brought me to it, you're going to get me through it. By faith, by faith, I, I don't understand it right now. It makes no sense to me. I don't, I don't logically understand how God was always there and always is. Time seems to always be there. I mean, how, wherever you struggle with, you're going you're gonna to always, you aren't going to get stuck. And that's what I love about faith. Faith gets you unstuck. It's simply by choosing to, be, to have faith. And I've, I've, I've watched it just set me free and give me liberty and freedom in my walk with God. To say, hey, by faith I understand that. By faith, I understand. Jesus told Peter when he was washing his feet and going through all of that, Peter said, you ain't never going to do that to me. And he says, uh, long story short, he says, what I'm doing now you don't understand, but there will come a time when you will understand. By faith, we understand. He is omniscient. He is omniscient. That means all-knowing. God never, never learns. There's nothing that God ever says, oh, I didn't see that coming. Oh, man, I, you went through what? Oh, I'm sorry, I was busy. There is, there's never a time that, that he is learning anything. Think about that. Our God is, is never learning anything. He, he is um. Omniscient. It means science. You break that down. That's where we get science from. It's it's uh, means knowledge. It means all knowledge. He is all knowledgeable. No spirit that he has ever created is like that. There is no spirit that is omniscient. There is no spirit that, that can even predict the future, as I'll show you. The devil don't even know the future. You say, well, well Pastor Eddie, how does these uh, fortune tellers and these palm readers read my palms and, and, and predict the future? They do it by trickery or by some demonic spirit that is coaching them and giving them ideas. And the reason why demonic forces do know some things is simply because they are learners and studiers of humanity. Speaking of football, you can, watch, uh, you can watch a commentator like Tony Romo or Chris Collinsworth call a game, and sometimes you'll, you'll hear them predict the play of what's getting ready to happen. And you sit there and you watch them do it, and you go, wow, that's exactly how Chris Collinsworth predicted that it was happening. By day, it was John Madden, and John Madden would stop it and rewind it and put the little yellow, yellow circle. I'll tell you, this guy right here, he's going to turn left. And he would just do it like five times, and everybody in the room. And you're like, how did John Madden know that? How did these guys know that? Well, simply because they played the game. Simply because they understood and they watched humanity. And, and whether you know this or not, this is, this is a news flash. Nothing is new under the sun. 
We just seem keep on repeating ourselves. This craziness that we have in 2020 in our culture, it was around in Genesis. It was around in the first century church. Go read the book of Romans. First chapter describes America at 2020. Unthankful, selfish, only thinking about. Paul said in the last days, it's just going to repeat itself and people will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God, more lovers of money, lovers of pleasure, and rather than the lovers of God. Have a form of godliness but have no power from these, turn away. How did he know that? Inspiration of the Holy Spirit prophesied it, but it was also a part of what was happening throughout all of humanity. In fact, the evil spirit, Satan, the enemy, did not, and them did not even real, know that Jesus had to be crucified and rose again on the third day. Paul says this, he says, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages, which none of the rulers of this age, remember that name? The rulers of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers, the same one, never knew, had they had known, they would never have allowed Jesus to go to the cross. If they knew, that's why the prophecies were so vague and, they, and, and Satan was sitting there watching them and what they thought was if they could get him to stop, if they could just get him to quit and they tempted him in the beginning of his ministry trying to say, are you really the son of God? I mean, we're 20, we're now way ahead. We don't got the book, so we, we know what's happening. But if you go and read the Bible as it was happening, you'll discover and you'll see how the enemy really didn't know. He was guessing. He was reacting to everything Jesus was doing. He was trying to stop him from establishing his earthly kingdom. This is how Judas missed it. This is how the Pharisees missed it. And the Bible says even Satan and his principalities missed it as well. Jesus said, go ahead, make my day, because three days later, I'm going to come up out of the grave, and every person known to man, every humanity can go to heaven because of it. Come on, give him praise for that today. That's good. Hallelujah. Calm down. His teaching today. Had they known, they don't know the future. They only know what's written. Satan knows that he does have limited time. In Revelations it says, know that Satan has come to the earth and he is, he is persecuting the church hard because he knows his time is short. That's the only thing he does know. And there's an old saying in Christianity, is when the enemy reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Talk about God today, how big and awesome our God is. Have you ever just sat and just looked outside at a park or out in the woods or something? I know nature just, you know, that song that we sung in the church, How Great Thou Art. Remember that song? That was written by the guy that wrote it. said simply he went for a walk in the woods and happened to just look around at nature. And that's where that song came from. Just giving God glory for everything that you see. I look out and all I see is snow. <laughs> But I know that seasons pass. Eight more weeks and we'll be in spring. Come on, somebody. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, I just got to hold on. Just got to hold on. He is omnipotent. That means all-powerful. All-powerful. Every created being received from every, every creative being that has power has received that power from God. God is all-powerful. There is, there is nothing God cannot do. Let me say that again. There is, there is nothing that God cannot do. When, when you read your Bible all through, especially, let's just stay in the New Testament. You'll find that angels are appearing, getting, I read the other day in my devotions how Peter was in jail and, and he was uh, shackled and they, sha- they tied him in the inner part of the jail, but an angel appeared to him and struck him on his side, woke him up and told him to put his shoes on, which is a message by itself. God will be there, but he expects you to put your shoes on. Come on, somebody. There's a message in that. But anyway, he shows up, and Peter, the Bible says, he thought he was in a trance or a vision. And he's following this angel all through the jail, the Roman prison. And he gets out, and when he gets outside, he finally realizes that it wasn't a vision. It was, it was an angel that appeared to him. I mean, all through the book of Acts especially, you have this demonstration of God's power with angels and the Holy Spirit speaking to Philip, saying, go next to the chariot and tell the eunuch about me. I mean, you just see the supernatural interaction between God and his people. 
That's what this series is about, guys, is to get us more in tune to the things of God. We're coming out of a fast of seeking him, man. Build on that. Build on that. Get into your word and, and, and start, to, start to practice some more of these fasting. By the way, you don't have to wait till next January to fast. I'm thinking about having another week-long fast in the middle of summer. Barbecue season, that's right. Everyone's telling me, man, this has been a great fast, and it, and it has. God has really, through the busyness of work, and it was great to just slow down. I shared it one of our uh, prayer nights. We had an awesome move. It's like it built every night. Monday night usually is the biggest crowd, and it kind of dwindles down. It was actually an opposite. It built every week, and got, we were praying and laying hands on some people uh, through the week, and God just sharing, and it was just, it was just an amazing time. The Holy Spirit was just moving through that, and I was sharing with everyone how I feel like I got, you know, got my rhythm back, got more into rhythm and in tune with God. That's what fasting and seeking does. And so you get in tune with God, and you start asking God, what do you want from me this year? This is a new year. What, what do you want to do in my life, Lord? What do you want me to use me in? Or, you know, what, what's your will for my children, for my job, or whatever? He is all-powerful. There ain't nothing that God can't do. There ain't nothing that God can't do. Build your faith. Build your faith and pray those kind of prayers. Look at this. We are, do you realize where we are sitting? That, that video that is going all over the place. People are, are emailing and texting and calling from out of state and out of the country, crying with us, rejoicing at the story. And I love hearing it over and over again. And they say one thing the story tells them is that it wasn't just a man-made idea. It was a God-ordained idea to watch the journey of this church and what God has done in our lives. That's God. God has done all of the Everything you see is done by God. Everything. Amen. Amen. When you don't think he's working, he's working. Let me say that. When you don't think God's working, he's working. I don't see God moving. That's when he's moving a lot of times the most. What would have happened if we would have gave up? I, I think about that all the time. What would have happened if I would have just turned back, you know, after I was youth pastor and, I, and done all of this, and we looked into a church in Florida and Tampa, hallelujah, especially in January, you feel the call even more. <laughs> Uh, I, I remember so many, every time in my own life, every time I've made a big decision with God that God's brought me to, it's always a choice between two. I don't know if that's how it is with you, but with me, it's always a road. I don't care if it's a, what it is in life, a job situation, a career move, a church, it's always been two. It's like God says, I'll bless you if you go, I'll bless you if you stay. There's always a choice, and it causes me to lean into him a little bit more and say, God, but I want your perfect will. You gotta, you gotta have that because some will settle for, all right, I'll choose. And then you get down there six months later and you go, what, what is worse than waiting on God is wishing that you did. How did I get into this? Oh, God set me free. Anyway, that's free. You ready? Almost done. God is also omnipresent, there's no other being like God. He is everywhere all the time. Satan is not like that. The enemies is not like that. They can't be everywhere all the time. You read this in Job, and we'll get into this later, where Job comes before God. And God, what, and what in Scripture makes clear, I've never heard taught or preached before, but what is clear is that God has some sort of a divine counsel. You'll see that in the Old Testament more than once. He don't need them. He's chosen to ask them who will go and, and uh, stop Ahab. And a lion's spirit was present. That wasn't a good angel. And he says, go ahead. Satan comes in and he goes, where were you, Satan? Satan goes, I was walking to and fro in the earth. Walking to and fro. Peter then in the New Testament says that Satan goes about the earth to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. He is, he is not all the time everywhere like God is. We'll get into that. God did not create evil. He is opposed to evil. So where did evil come from? Come back next week. No, later. We'll get into that in two weeks. He is omnipresent. And there's things in Scripture where we get hung up on trying to understand this. God, I don't understand. How can you be everywhere? And Jesus gave this example to Nicodemus. He said, because Nicodemus was struggling with trying to understand the concept of being born again. 
let alone how God is eternal. He, he's omnipresent. He's omnipotent, all of this. And so Jesus kind of helped him out and says, you see the wind? He goes, no. He goes, you can't see the wind, can you? He goes, no, but you can feel it. He said, can you tell me where it comes from, where it goes? He goes, no. He goes, that's how it is with the Spirit. One time I was thinking, God, where are you? How can you be everywhere all the time? And God said, it's like, it's like the wind. These are just little things that kind of help us. You can go all the way down south and breathe air. You can go anywhere on planet Earth, even under the water, think with scuba gear and breathe oxygen because it is everywhere you go. It's kind of like that with our little fickle mind that can't even comprehend the word eternity, let alone try to understand God. We have to have some help. And he uses these different analogies in Scripture to give us these little hints of who God is. He is omnipresent. He is always. That's why you'll find in, in all throughout Scripture, different Scriptures. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw aside every weight and sin that so easily entangles us and run the good race. And finally, I want to close with this, that God is holy. God is holy. And it doesn't mean that he is uh, pure and pure, perfect only. Yeah, absolutely. But those are, those are very um, generic definitions of holy. If you look in scripture, David said, I will worship God in the beauty of holiness. He calls holiness beautiful. And if you've been around the church world for a while, holiness is anything but beautiful. We think it's anything that is fun is sin. In a lot of, that's under the tent of religiosity. When you are set free from religion and you have a relationship with God, you realize, man, you haven't not started living yet until you have God involved in your life. Everything you see and everything you do becomes even funner because now God is with you. Your eyes are open. The sky looks bluer. The grass looks greener. Life is better no matter what you're going through. Why? Because God is with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Come on, somebody. Amen. He is holy. No, but holy means he's simply in a class of his own. He is, he is the champion of eternity. Last scripture is Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah gets a little peek in the throne room of God. And he says, in the year that King Uzziah died, that was his mentor, his king, the leadership. It died, and it seemed like he was lost. He seemed like he didn't have any direction in his life. The rug was pulled out from underneath him, and now he's just kind of on his hands and knees trying to make sense of life. And, and he don't understand. And maybe you're here today, and if you feel like that, that the rug's been pulled out from underneath you, and you're lost, and you're blind, and you're just trying to just go through dark, the darkness trying to find something, I, I'm telling you that. It could be the greatest time and opportunity for you in your life. Because he looked up and he said, I saw the Lord. Sometimes God's always been there, but we ain't seen him until he gets us in a season like that. He said, I saw the Lord. He was high and exalted and he was seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him were seraphim. Come on, worship team, you guys can make your way up here. There, there was seraphim, each with six wings. These, these are these creaturely beings. With two wings, they covered their face. With two, they covered their feet. With two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the sound of their voices uh, shook the doorposts and the thresholds, and the temple was filled with smoke. Imagine that worship service. You guys are loud at River of Life. You ain't seen nothing. Where do you get to heaven? We didn't make the doorposts shake. I can fix that. Pelly, crank it up, brother. I don't know about all that smoke in there. Well, that's smoke in heaven. I mean, that's how it is. I mean, a lot of this is just ambiance to kind of get us to block out our distractions. Whatever. Come on, we can stand. I'm going to close out. It helps me really stop preaching when you stand. <laughs> but I want you to see this, this, this point here is that when, when Isaiah saw the Lord, all he, he could do was the next verse. It said, but yet he is unworthy. He said, I, I have unclean lips. Even in my best day, God, I'm not worth anything. I'm not worth what you've given me. Everything I have, I don't deserve. No entitlement mentality. It was like, God, I don't, I don't deserve any of this. 
But what got me was those creatures that are in the throne room of God, even to this day. They are there, and all they do for eternity is yell, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Listen, they don't want to go explore heaven. They don't want to go and explore the rest of the universe. Because every second, they've been doing that for thousands of years. Some of you can, we can only last 15 minutes of that. Oh my gosh, they're going to sing another song. Well, how long is this worship service going to go? My back is hurting, my phone's going off. i got to get out of here. That like the psalm sings and says, after 10,000 years and we're singing in his presence, we're going to say, man, has it only been five minutes? Why? Because we're seeing and beholding his glory. Every second, God reveals another facet of His beauty. Every second, God reveals something new. And all these angels want to do is say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I had you all wrong, God. You're nothing what I thought you were. You're nothing like this little flannel graph that I had or what the priest said or the preacher said. You are holy. You are beautiful. You are mighty. Are you, oh God? That's how you read in Scripture where they worship God. Elders, 24 elders around His throne. Those aren't older people. Those are creatures. Those are beings that we don't even understand, which we'll get into. But you'll, you'll see little peaks of it through Scripture. And all they want to do is take their crown, which represents all of their achievements, and they throw it down at His feet and worship. Before we go any further into spiritual warfare, i got to remind you of how great your God is. you got to know how great your God is. I don't care what season of life you're in right now. God's got this. Come on, just say that with me. Say, God, I know that you can handle this. And come on, give it to him right now. If you're in a storm right now, you're going through something right now, you drove all the way out here, and I know you you got to be hungry for God today to come out here today in, in, in this weather. I want you just to give it to God right now. And right in your seat, wherever you are, just whatever you're dealing with, I want you just to give it up to God. If it's a co-worker, a job situation, a family member, a health crisis, come on, give it to your God. He is omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. He's seen when it happened. He's seen when you first started struggling with it. He sees you even now when you are so overcome with doubt and unbelief that faith can't even come alive in you. God says, just give me a little bit of what you do have and watch me open it up in your life. Come on, Holy Spirit's ministering right now. Come on, give it to him, give it to him. Come on, give it to him, give it to him. Give him, give you, give him our lukewarmness. Some of us haven't been on fire for God, kind of lost that passion and that desire in that word, and you're just kind of going through the motions. Come on, get on fire for God. God has got a calling and a purpose for you. If you've got a pulse, you've got a purpose. The only way you find that out is when you cast everything at his feet. When you give him your whole heart, the veil comes off, and God says, that's what I've been waiting on. That's what I've been waiting on. Things begin to come together in your life. Things begin to line up in your life. So come on, give it to him right now in your life. Give him that situation. Hallelujah. He is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. He is omniscient. He is eternal. He is holy. He is holy. He is mighty. He is powerful. He is all. He is all so beautiful, so supreme. He is God. And He is God all by Himself. He was and is and will forever be. He always was. He always is. And He always be. He is the I Am. I am the Alpha, the Omega. I am right in the middle of your story. I am the God of Jehovah. I am all that and more. That's our God today. Come on, lift your hands to Him right now. We worship Him. Let's just worship Him right now. Come on, let's just worship Him right now. I want to go out with us worshiping the great I Am. You got a song that'll fit out. I'm sure you guys do. I want to open the altars and let's go out today worshiping God. If you've got a problem in your life, bring it to the altar today. If you're here and you don't know Christ and you just came today, you 
dropped in, I want you to know, man, that God is better than anything you can think of. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. Come on up and we'll pray for you. Well, we're going to sing one more song. I'm going to open these altars. If you want to come up and get prayer, you want to come up and worship, come on, let's just magnify our great God in this place today. Come on. You heard him Worship him today. By the way of sin. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. To your thirst for so a drink from the well. Jesus is calling.
there. He's there. He just wants to be a part. He's there when you watch football. He's there when you go on vacation. You know, even you're doing the things that aren't that spiritual, man. You still do it. God's there. Do it. Everything you do, you can do it under God. You, you know, I mean, it's not always whatever you're eating today, whatever, man. Just I want you to have an awareness to the presence of God. That's what I want to get into all of us before we go any deeper into this. And God's with us everywhere you go. Through the good, through the bad. He, oh, I didn't see that coming. God did. Invite him into this situation. He'll help you get out. Amen. Hallelujah. If you need further prayer, you can come up. I'm going to dismiss everybody, but if you want to get prayer, you're going to go see a doctor this week or anything special going on in your life, get some prayer today before you go. But I do want to dismiss us, relieve our volunteers, and get home uh, before we get a little bit more snow, I, I heard later on today. But amen. You guys look great for coming. Encourage me today. I didn't expect this many out. God bless you. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. Wow. Father, I thank you. God, you are all those things and more. And you have chosen, as as the psalmist said, what is man that, that you would pick and choose and you are interested in? But Lord, you are, we are your offspring. You have created us in your image. And we're like none other that you have created because you want to dwell in us and through us and with us. Pray, God, that you do go with us, that you would cause your face to shine upon us as you reminded us today. Be with us in every area of our life as we leave from this place, God, and go to our homes and wherever we would go this week, God. Let us be more aware and sensitive to your presence. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.